The Eddie B. Sit edition, an audio series of the Talmud Bavli. Masechet Megillah has been dedicated by our good friend Mr. Stephen and his wife Gila Israel, a charter member of our Daf Yomi Shi'ud, for the Hatzlacha of both sets of parents. And of course, their dear children. Hashem, Yishmerem, Vihayem, and Bezat Hashem, they should have continued success. Aslahav, Harvaha, Bechol, Maase, Yedehem. This Masechet also has been dedicated by Stephen and his wife, Le'ilun Nishmat Adel Bat Roza, and Le'ilun Nishmat Sarah Bat Adel. Ruach Hashem Tanihem Began Eden Hen Vichol Benot Israel Shachvot Amahem Vichol Rahamim Vasilichot Venomar Amen. Daf Tet. Today's Daf is being studied Virtua Shelema Shelomo Ben Yehudit. El Narefanalo, El Narefanalo, El Narefanalo. Fota Nefesh, Ufota Guf. Ufota Toker Wada Bovichini Rasom Venomar Amen. Today's daf is being studied the Eden Shmat Abraham ben Esther. Hashem Amen. We begin today's daf on Het Amud Sheni, and we begin five lines from the bottom, starting from the Mishnah. In ben Sefarim letfilin umezuzot. There is no difference between Sefarim. Sefarim over here means the Torah Nevi'im and the Ketubim. Letfilin umezuzot ela. Shasafarim Nikhtavim Bekol Lashon. Tanakh is able to be written in any language. However, when it comes to Tefilinu Mezuzot, Tefilinu Mezuzot Enam Nikhtavot Ela Ashurit. They're only able to be written in Lashon Kodesh in the special writing that's called Kitab Ashurit. Kitab Ashurit is the font that we are familiar with. That's the font of our Safra Torah. So the Mishnah is really telling you that all other Sefarim, when they write them, they can write them in any other language, and it doesn't matter even according to the Mishnah what type of font you use, which means you can write any language for a Shahar Sefarim is considered Kodesh. However, when it comes to Tefidinu Mezuzot, for a specific reason, they have to be written Davka, Bechtab, Ashurit, obviously also Belashon Kodesh as well, in the Hebrew language. So he comes along the Shabbat and says, no, that which we allow Sefarim, not any language we allow Sefarim to be written. Sefarim, we only allow them to be written in Greek. And the Gemara will explain what exactly that means. As she says, She can really only write Sefarim in Lashon HaKodesh. But what? They made an exception when it comes to Greek that you can write also Sefarim. So that's the opinions of the Mishnah. Comes Gemara and says, Ha le tofran begidim ve le tamet hayadayim Which means, the only difference between Sefarim and Tefillin Mizuzot is the language that you write it in. However, everything else they're equal. Give me something else that they're equal in. So it says the tofran begidim. They used to write the old books, they used to write them in parchments. How did they attach the parchments to each other? They would take gidin, they would take stitching. Gid is like from the uh, animal, the sinew of the animal, or the vein, and they would use it to make it out of stitching, just like the gidin that we use today in the tefillin, the boxes of the tefillin, that thread 
that they use to keep the box together, so that's also gidin. That comes from an animal, and that's like the sinew, the vein of the animal. So therefore, when it comes to all sifarim, the proper, everybody agrees that you have to use uh, gidim. That's not such a simple uh, principle. It's actually that she brings down a mahloket, the masichet makot. One opinion holds that you can use pishtan. You can use flax. Obviously, Amishnah is arguing on that opinion. It's holding that it has to be gidim. It has to come from an animal. So therefore, again, the only difference is the language. But everybody agrees that what? That all these documents have to be, when they're written, they have to be uh, sewn begidim. And what? This is a concept that we're familiar with, that we learned on yesterday's daf, And we're familiar with it from Masechet Shabbat. That what? That on Sefarim, that on Kodesh, they have the ability to That if somebody touches them, their hands are going to become Tameh. He said the reason why they did that was because in the old days they used to put the Tirumah in the Hecha, that's in the Sefer Torah, to protect the Tirumah. What was happening was, it attracted the mice. The mice were coming to eat the Tirumah, and they were also eating the Sefarim. So it's causing the Sefarim to be destroyed. So Achim said, Sefarim now can be Metameh. Now nobody wanted to put the Tirumah next to the Sefer Torah, because if it touches the Sefer, it will become Tameh. They will also put a Tumah, Yadayim on the Sefarim. So the Hadush over here is, that a Sefer Torah that's written, in another language, which comes out of Chutz, they have a Sefer Torah that's written on parchment in English. Because English is one of the languages with English letters A B C D. It'll be and you'd have to if you're writing on a parchment, you have to write it with gidim. You have to attach it to each other, and it has kedusha according to uh, the first opinion, the Tanakhama of Amishnah. That's how far he's uh, going. You have to keep that in mind. Comes Gemara and says, Now, basically, this is the whole question of today's Gemara. At least for the Amud Rishon. The Gemara brings a contradiction. Urminu, we have a Braita, Mikra Shekitavot Targum. Let's say you have a Sefer Torah, and you have a Pasuk that was supposed to be written in Hebrew, and instead of writing the Pasuk in Hebrew, you wrote it in Aramaic. Vitargum Shekitavokra, Mikra. Or you have a Pasuk in the Torah that's written really supposed to be in Aramaic, and instead of writing it in Aramaic, you wrote it in Mikra, you wrote it in Hebrew. I will see examples to this. V'chetav Ivri, or you wrote a Sefer Torah in Ketav Ivri. Ketav Ivri is a different type of font of Hebrew. As she says, it's Ketav Shil Ever and Nahar. That's the way they used to write on the other side of the Jordan River. So they call it Ever, Ivri, from the side. Other Gemariyot, later in Sanedin, they call it Ketav Lebona'a. It's a different type of font. If you write it in Ketav Ivri, Eno Metameta Yadayim. These Sefarim are not Kadosh. They do not have the ability to metameh the yadayim ad shiikhtevenu bichtab ashuri. You have to write it in the ashuri letters. That's the letters that we're familiar with on the Sefer Torah. On the Sefer with cloth. Ubedio using the special black ink. So what do you see from over here? You see over here clearly a question from Amishnah. Because Amishnah said that Seferim nikhtabim bichalashon. They can be written in any language. English, uh, the, the French, any language. Bechol Lashon. I always keep that in mind. Bechol Lashon. This bright is telling you, no. Sefarim, Davka, Mikra, at least by, 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 by Pasuk in the Torah, Davka, Bechtab, Ashurit. So we have a head-on contradiction. Now let me just give you an example of a Pasuk that was supposed to be written in Hebrew, and you wrote it in Aramaic. There's a word in the Torah by Yaakov Abinu that he named a certain place, Gal'id. 
So instead of writing Gal'ed, you wrote an Aramaic interpretation of the word Gal'ed. You wrote the word Yegar Sa'aduta. That's the Aramaic interpretation of the word Gal'ed. And the opposite. Let's say a Targum word that's written in the Torah. The word Yegar Sa'aduta is written in the Torah. It says that's what Lavan called the place. Yegar Sa'aduta. So instead of writing Yegar Sa'aduta, you wrote the word Gal'ed. So that's the Brayta uh, Salya. No good. It's not Kadosh until it's written perfectly in Ktav Ashuri. So now we're going to offer two answers how to answer this Braita. When I say two answers, I mean two answers, two final answers, but there's going to be some Havaminot in between. Amar Rava Lakashya. No question. Kan Bigufan Shelanu. Kan Bigufan Shelahem. Which means. Our Mishnah that said, Sefarim Bechtavim Bechol Lashon is Begufan Shelanu. It's talking about where you're writing it in our font. Which means you're using, let's say, Bechol Lashon, the English language, but you're writing in English using our letters, Begufan Shelanu. For example, uh, in the beginning, Aleph, Yud, Nun Sofit, in the Dalid Yud, you're writing it in another language, but the Gufan Chilan. But you're using our Ktav. Right. So that's, that's our Mishnah. Kan be Gufan Chilayen. And the Braita is talking about we're using Gufan Chilayen. Using their font. And therefore, when you use their font, it's no good. Until it's written the Ktav. Ashuri, so there's no contradiction over here. Kan begufan shelanu, kan begufan shelahen. There's a there's a glaring question if you're going to learn the Braita like that. That Braita is talking about where it's pasul, with not sefer Torah, because you're using their their writing. So the Gemara says, Amale Abaye, bemayo kimta. How did you establish that Braita? Lahi begufan shelahen. You establish and talk about where you're using their writing. My idea, mikrash katavot targum v'targum shikatavot mikra. So what do you have to give a case where it's pasul if you did a mikra that you wrote targum or a targum that you did mikra? Afilu mikra shikatavot mikra v'targum shikatavot targum. Even if you kept the mikra like mikra, and even if you kept the targum like the targum, now may it's also be pasul. Which is if you're using their writing, even if you wrote the right words. In the right language, meaning you wrote Mikra, that was supposed to be Mikra, but as long as you use their uh, writing, it's Pasul, which is why did the Braita have to search for a Pasul, it overshot. Why did it have to go to a case? You know, I'll give you a case of Pasul. Mikra Shkatavo Targum. Oh, I gotta go to that case. I gotta have, I'll give you a better case. Mikra Shkatavo Mikra Pasul. Because once you're using their writing, so even even a pasuk in Hebrew that you wrote it in Hebrew but use their writing as pasuk. Why did you have to jump to a case of klachik tavuk targum or targush kedom mikra? So that cannot be the answer. Gemara rejects that answer. That answer does not make any uh, sense in the miraita. So we got to give a different answer. Ela Ela rejects Baba's answer. Lakasha, no question. Harabanan Haraban Shalom Gamliel. Seemingly an easy answer, which means. Uh, the Mishnah that says Sefarim Mechtavim Bechol Lashon that's Rabbanan the rabbis hold Sefarim can be written when you say any language according to this answer any language any lettering Bechol Lashon Bechol Ketav that's Shita of Rabbanan oh the Braita the Braita says no 
Sefarim Dafka Ashurit. That's the Ban Shalom Gamliel. Didn't we have an opinion that says the Ban Shalom Gamliel was more strict? So therefore, we'll say the Ban Shalom is the author of the plight that it's Sefarim only Ktav Ashurit Belashon Hakodesh. What's the obvious question on that? Ira Ban Shalom Gamliel Haika Yevanit. Huh? What are you talking? Didn't we learn in the Mishnah that while Rabban Shemogel was Mahmir, that you're not allowed to write Sefarim Bechol Lashon, but he did allow Greek. So the Brayta cannot be Rashbag. Because if the Brayta was Rabban Shemogel, it would say, not Ajich Tevenu Bechtav Ashurit. The Brayta should say Ajich Tevenu Ashurit or Yivanit. Because Rashbag at least allowed Greek. So the Brayta cannot be Rabban Shemogel. So back to the question. How do you reconcile the... Mishnah with the Braita Ela Lakashya. No question. Kan Bisfarim, Kan Bitfidinu Mizuzot. Oh, very good. The Mishnah that said you could write Bekhulashon any language, any writing. That's talking about Sfarim. What does Sfarim mean? Tanach. Torah, Nidiim, Ketuvim. Oh, the Braita that said it's gotta be Bihtav Ashurit. That's what Tifidinu Mizuzot. Didn't Amishnah also agree that the Filinu Mizot has to be written Bechtav Ashurid Belashur HaKodesh? So I'll tell you the Bright that's talking about the Filinu Mizuzot. Only one question. The Filinu Mizuzot Maitama. What would the reason be, by the way, that you have to keep it in its original, you know, Ketav Ashurid with the Hebrew? Mishum Dikhtibu Vehayu. Pasuk says in the Shema, which is written in the Filinu and the Mizuzot, Vehayu Adivarim Ha'ele. So the Gibbara's Vehayu Behavayatanyu. They have to be in the way it was given over. In its way. Vehayu, the way they are. The, the, the original is Hebrew. So therefore Vehavayatanyu. You can't change it to an English text or a French text. Vehayu Behavayatanyu. Good? Only one question. One of the cases of Braita was a Targum Pasuk that you wrote, Mikra. Is there any Targum Pesukim in Kiryat Shema? Or in Tefillin and Mizuzot? So the Gebarah says, My Targum Shiketabo Mikra Ika. What's the case of Targum Shiketabo Mikra? Which means, Bishlama Torah, if you were learning that this was talking about Torah, not Tefillin and Mizuzot, no problem. Ika Yegar Sahaduta. We do have a Targum word in the Torah, it's called Yegar Sahaduta. So the case of the Bright is very good. A Targum that you wrote it. Mikra, you got a saduta that you wrote, Galaid. Elahaka, my targum ika. But if you're learning that the Brat is talking about Tefidinu Mizuzot, there's no scenario we can have a case of targum shikatavo, Mikra. So we're rejecting that answer as well. So I was trying to reconcile, but it's not being successful until this point. Ela, this is going to be one of the final answers. Lakasha, kan be Megillah, kan bisfarim. Which means, when the Mishnah, when the Braita uh, says that what Ashurid, you can only write it in the Hebrew language with the Hebrew font called Ashurid, that's talking about Megillat Esther. Megillat Esther is special than all the other Sefarim of the Tanakh. And when the Mishnah says Kol Ashur, it's all the other Sefarim. Which means Tanakh holds the Megillat Esther. What's the answer against? When you read the Mishnah, go to the answer. Sefarim, Mikhtavim, Mikhol Lashon. It means any language, any font, any which way. All the Sefarim 
How many sefarim? 23 sefarim. 23 out of the 24. Oh, when the Braita says the sefer has to be written in Kitab Ashurit and all that, that's Dafka Begilat Esther. Now, why is Begilat Esther special? Dafka, you have to write it in Ashura Kodesh with Kitab Ashurit. What makes Begilat Esther so, so special? Begilat, my ta'ma. Because it says in the Megillah, Never in their writing and in their language. So you see what? It's got to be written in the original. The original is Nasuna. That's it. Oh, the only question is do we have a Targum Pasuk in Megillah Esther? Because one of the scenarios was what? Targum Shikatavo Mikra. Where in Megillah Esther do you have a Targum word? Gemara alleviates that problem. No, no problem. My targum shekatavo mikra ika. So Gemara gives a few options. Amar of Papa v'nishma pitgam hamelech. The word pitgam, which is the, that's what we call the edict of the king. Pitgam is an Aramaic word. So therefore, if you wrote pitgam and you wrote uh, Hebrew word for it, that would be no good. Rav Nachman bar Yitzhak Amar V'chol anashim yitenu yekar le'ba'lehen The word yekar, which means respect Yekar is an Aramaic word as well And therefore, no problem There are words in the Gidat Esther that are Aramaic And therefore the Braitha works out very good When it says in the Braitha now That Mikra shikatavo targum V'targum shikatavo mikra In all these cases over here Ha'ad shikatavenu ba'ashurit Megidat Esther that answer is a keeper. That answer is a final answer. Now, Rav Asher is going to give a second and alternate answer. Okay? Rav Asher Amar, Rav Asher says, Ki tanyahi b'sh'ar sefarim. That Raita is talking about sh'ar sefarim, other books of the Tanakh. <clears throat> following the opinion of Rabbi Yehuda. Now, before we analyze Ravash's answer, first we have to see Rabbi Yehuda's opinion. We have to establish an opinion of Rabbi Yehuda. Once we establish Rabbi Yehuda's opinion, then we'll go back and try to plug it in to see how he works. Now, it's going to take a few lines to get Rabbi Yehuda's opinion, so let's be patient to get Rabbi Yehuda's opinion. Netanya, we have a bright Tefilinu mezuzot. Okay, we're familiar with that statement, right? Tefillin and only Ashurit. Now, some, as a side point, some say that the reason why we call our writing Ashurit, because the word Ashurit means clear. Because the clearest and the most lucid of writings and penmanship or fonts, I should call them, is the block letters that we use in the Sefer Torah. So therefore they call it Tab Ashurit, meaning it's a, it's a clear uh, letter. Okay? El Ashurit. So again, Tafinim is Uzot only Ashurit. The Rabotenu and the Rabbis, Hetiru Yevanit. They allowed even Tafinim is Uzot to be written in Greek. So the Gemara says, what are you talking? Ve'aketi Ve'ayu. How can the Rabbis allow Tafinim is Uzot in Greek? It says Ve'ayu. So the bright is wrong. The text is not correct. You cannot tell me the rabbis are arguing by Tifidinu Mizot. Okay, so Gibraltar revamped the Braita. Ela Emma, Sefarim Mechtavim Bechodashon. Ah, Sefarim are written in all the Shonot. Sefarim is Tanakh. We're written in all the Shonot. And the rabbis allowed Yivanit. Now, from that statement, allowed, it's master the Tanakhama 
did not allow. Right? We're not making a statement. Sevariba written mecholashon and Rabotenu hitiru they even allow like even they they allowed yivarid hitiru. You tell me hitiru mechlal the tarakama asar. And that's not so. Tarakma was not all said. Tarakma said Sifanim Nechtavim Mechol Hashon, including Greek. So what do we do? Rabotinu Yitiru Yivanit. Yitiru Yivanit. Tarakma is also Matid Yivanit. So again, the Brayta doesn't make sense that way. So give you a third way to learn the Brayta. Ela Ema Rabotinu Lo Yitiru Shiyekadvu Ela Yivanit. Aha. So the Brayta reads like this. Tarakma says Sifanim Nechtavim Bechol Hashon. That Sefarim, they only allowed Greek. So I was like, good, that's the Braita. Now, now comes the Biuda to define Rabotenu. That statement of Rabotenu. Rabotenu lo etiru ela yevanit. Betanya, Amar Biuda, Afke sheetiru Rabotenu yevanit. Even when the rabbis were matir yevanit, only allowed it, not by all the Sefarim. Please don't, don't make a mistake when you read that Braita. The Braita says, Sefarim, Mikhtavim, Mikhulashon, Tanakama. Rabotenu, Loitiru, Ela Yevanit. Don't think when the Rabotenu, Loitiru, Yevanit is by all the Tanakh. No. They only allowed it, Davka, by a Sefer Torah, Umishum the Tanaya Melech. Because it was a special story that we're going to learn now that happened in the times of Talmaya Melech, where the Torah was interpreted into Greek, so the rabbis made a special dispensation. But what? All the other Sefarim, according to Rabotenu, have to be written Davka, Tavashurit. Oh, so now we have a very good answer. Now we go back to Ravashir. I'll tell you that what? The bright over that said that Sefarim have to be written Davka, Bechtavashurit. That's going according to Rabbi Yehuda, the way he explained Rabotenu. Which means, Tab Ashurit, talking about all the other Sevarim. Cannot be talking about a Sefer Torah, because Sefer Torah does not be written in Ashurit, can be written even in Greek, according to Rabbi Yehuda, the way he understands Rabotenu. So therefore, now if you go back and read the answer that Rabbi Yehuda proposed, Rabbi Yehuda said, Ravashi Amar Kitanya Hi, that right of Bishar Sefarim, Rabbi Yehuda. It's very good. Which means, according to the way Rabbi Yehuda understood Rabbotenu in the Braita over here, it's what? Lo etiru ela yevanit, that's by a Sefer Torah. However, by Bishar Sefarim, Davka Bechtav Ashurit, and that would be the Braita's opinion that this is talking about Bishar Sefarim and not a Sefer Torah, but a Sefer Torah has to be Davka in. Greek for them, we have another answer. And by the way, who do you think Rabotenu is? Rabotenu is Rabat Shalom Gamliel. That's exactly Rabat Shalom Gamliel's opinion. That will say, like, we, don't we have it a bit? And that's Pshat Rabat Shalom in the Mishnah. When the Mishnah says, Loitiru Ela Yevanit, according to the Bihudam, it's Loitiru Sefer Torah. Davka in Yevanit. But Sha'ar Sefarim is more there, it can be written Bechol Hashon. So HaMishnah, Sha'ar Sefarim, and this, um, sorry, the, 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 the Mishnah is Sefer Torah, right? Davka Yevanit, and that's right over here, Sha'ar Sefarim, Davka Ashurit. Okay, now, we have to figure out what is the story of Talmai Amelech. Uh, it seems there was a story over here of Talmai, who was a uh, king, and he was uh, not a Jewish king, it was a boy king, it was from the Malchut Yavan. And he wanted to have the Sefer Torah interpreted 
into Greek because he wanted to understand what was written in the Torah. Now, basically, what's going to happen is the Gemara tells us he called seventy-two rabbis. Uh, seventy-two rabbis actually consisted of our Sanhedrin. Sanhedrin was made up of seventy-one members, but there was a chief, like a manager over the Sanhedrin, that was the seventy-second member. So he called all the members of the Sanhedrin, and he put them into separate rooms, and he told them, I want you to write me a Greek interpretation of the Torah. Now, a miracle happened that that rendering of the Torah, the rabbis were concerned that if they're going to write it literally the way it is, there are a lot of questions. And therefore that can cause Talmai to, you know, ask very strong questions again to Torah, disparage it. So miraculously they made changes, but miraculously they all made the same changes. Because if, and they were in separate rooms. Which means if one person would have wrote one pasuk one way and the other one would write the other way, then already that's a, that's a joke. Talmai would say, what are you doing? Is the Torah accurate or not accurate? So Menas Shabbat, they all made the same amendments in order that Talmai cannot have any claims against the Torah. So now the Gibraltar is going to tell us what these amendments were. The Gibraltar tells us, "Detanya, because we have a brighter. Maase betalmaya melech shekinesh shivayim ushtaim zekenim. He took seventy-two elders. Vechnisam b'shivayim ushtaim batim. I put them into seventy-two rooms. Batim of them means rooms. Velog ilalahem al makinsan. They didn't even know." What they were being uh, quarantined in the rooms were at the time that they were quarantined. So they didn't, they didn't have time to discuss it. That's the one. They didn't have time to huddle about it and discuss their plan. What you're going to write for me? The Torah Moshe, your rabbi. So God put in the minds of all of them an idea. And they all concurred to the same opinion. The first change they did was actually the first three words of the Torah. Elohim bara bereshit. Instead of writing bereshit bara, now you have to keep in mind, they wrote this in Greek. Okay? So always keep in mind, they're writing this in Greek. Now, the pasuk, let's discuss the Hebrew first, and I'll just explain it to you so you understand exactly what happened. Our Torah is Bereshit Barai Elohim. Talmai would assume, they figured, that the Torah is going to start off with God's name. You're not going to start off a, a, a Sefer Torah without mentioning Akadosh Baruch Hu's name first. So if they would write it the way it is, now Elohim is a God, that's clear. So he would have assumed that the word Bereshit is the name of a God. And therefore it sounds like Bereshit Bara Elohim. That our Elohim was actually a creation from another god called Bereshit. So they didn't want to start thinking there's two gods. Your Torah says it, page one, first three words. So what they did was, is they changed it to Elohim bara Bereshit. Now, he again would assume Elohim is God. But once he would see the word Bereshit, he would not assume that's a god anymore. He would interpret Bereshit to me in the beginning. Right. The way it's normally interpreted. That's why Tosafot understands this uh, amendment. I'm explaining it to a court to the Shittat of Tosafot. Now, he wrote it, they wrote it in Greek, by the way. So they wrote, Elohim, created in the beginning. So therefore, and he wrote that in Greek, obviously. So when he saw that in the beginning now, you know, beginning is not a god. Beginning means the beginning, meaning uh, the start of a creation. But if he would have started it by saying... In the beginning, created Elohim, then he would have said, beginning is a God. It's the name of a God. Mm-hmm. And therefore, it would have sounded like Hafizom Elohim was created. So that was the first amendment that they made. The second thing they did was like this. Adam 
בסלם ובדמות. הפסוק says, נעשה אדם. Let us make men. And we know this פסוק over here is a big uh, 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 proof, חלילה, to the kofrim that they want to say, there's two deities. נעשה אדם, let us make men. So they don't, they don't want to start with Talmai. And they have to answer him and all that. He, he doesn't read that sheet, Talmai. <laughs> you know, so you're not going to start telling him, no, it means he conferred with the angels, he's teaching us humble humility. Uh, Talmai is a literalist. Uh, what does it say here? So then he says, you know what, well, let's get around the problem. Instead of writing na'aseh, let out the word e'aseh. I will create. Now, the, uh, I think that Ashaz points out over here that they had to change also the end of the Pasuk, because the Pasuk also says, na'aseh adam besalmenu kidmutenu. In our Salmenu. So also they had to change that to... I understand that. that I'm going to prove it in the Gemara. But the Gemara doesn't say that they actually... Uh, you know, that was one of them, but that's what it is. And they, instead of saying Salmenu Kidmutenu, they couldn't even say B'Tsalmi Kidmuti. Because it also sounds like what God has an image. They didn't want to start with Talmao. God has an image. God has a Tselim. So they changed it B'Tselim U Bidmut. So they made a double change on the Tselmenu Kidmutenu. They went all the way from Tselmenu Kidmutenu to Tselim Udmut. So they don't have to answer up that God doesn't have an image in the Guf and the Dmut Guf. Okay? So that's really a double change right over there in this Pasuk. Triple change. They changed the word Ai said, they changed the word B'Tselim, and they changed the word Ubidmut. Vaikal Bayom Hashishi. Well, the Pasuk says, God finished his work on the seventh day. So it sounds like he worked on Shabbat. He didn't finish till, uh, till the seventh day. So uh, Tamai come along and say, I see that, and God works on Shabbat. So therefore, what are you talking about? Now, really, the Rashab Hazal on the Pasuk is, yes, the creation was actually completed on Shabbat. And the Gemara says somewhere, what was Shabbat missing? Shabbat was missing the concept of Minuha. Bat Shabbat, Ba So therefore, there was a, 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 an addition on Shabbat. The concept of Minuha came into the world. So therefore, yes, Baikal Elokim Bayom Shivai. The world became complete on the seventh day, but it wasn't through Melaka. It was through Menuha. Menuha is not a creation. Menuha is a. It's Memela, so to speak. Which means it's not considered one of the Melachot. So therefore, they didn't want to get involved. So what they write? Baikal Bayom Shishi. He finished working on Friday. Finished. Huh. You, 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 you get rid of the uh, get rid of the problem. And he rested on the seventh day. Next one. Zachar unkeba berao velo katvu beraam. We have a pasuk like this. We have a pasuk that says Zachar unkeba beraam. Which literally means the way we interpret it, that a Kadosh Baruch Hu created men and female. Originally, they would do partzufim. We learned in Masechet Arubin that Yudchet that man was on one side and uh, woman Haba was on the other side. They were one body, do partzufim back to back. Exactly. Now, that's what it means. Biraam. However, they changed it to Birao. Because he would have misinterpreted by the fact that it says Bira'am, he would think that God created two creatures like that. He created an Adam and Hava attached, and another Adam and Hava attached. Because it says Bira'am. Bira'am is plurality. So instead of him thinking that that's the way he created it, Bira'am separately, so therefore, two creatures like that, so therefore they said Bira'o. No, originally it was one creature. Now, what exactly does the Pasuk mean? 
when it says Zacharun Keva Biraam. So the Maharsha explains over here that the reason why uh, he was concerned to write Bira'am, Zakharu Kerma Bira'am, Mishum Shiestiralism, it was going to be a contradiction, because the Pasuk says later on, by Yivra Elohim et Adam Besalmo. Adam is Mashma 1. And then you have the Pasuk that says, Bira'am, which is Mashma, he created them in pairs. So they don't want to get involved in the Sidah now. To Maharsha does point out, by Vanim Loi Kibutrus Hazal, Shibetechela Alam Masual Lebrosh Naim, Lebesobarayachad. The Torah really is telling us what God's Hava Amina was, whatever that means. God originally intended to create two separate, and then He created one. Now that, there's, there's meaning to what that Hazal means. That God's original thought was to create it, Bira'am, separate creations, and then He decided to create it one. They're not going to start explaining, they're not going to say that. Because, hey, one pasuk says Bira'am, one pasuk says Bara'oto. See that? Contradicts, you know what they did? They changed the pasuk, they just said, Zakar un keba Bira'o. Therefore, it's clear that was just one creation from the beginning. Next one. Hava erda ve'evla sham sefatam. That was the story of Migdal Babel. What was the story of Migdal Babel? God went down and He confused their languages. Right? Therefore, they didn't have any uh, communication for, amongst them. But the Pasuk says, Hava nirda. Let us go down. So again, He didn't want to get involved. It's Malachim and all that stuff. So they changed it to a singular term, Erda. But this Sarah bikrobeha. And Sarah left with her relatives. Pasuk doesn't say that. Pasuk doesn't say Sarah bikrobeha. The reason why they didn't want to get involved with that Because when Abraham and Sarah were told That they are going to have children Both of them left Abraham left Pasuk clearly says And Sarah left But God only punishes or rebukes Sarah So Tamai would say Well see the Torah is uh, prejudice over here Look at this They both left The Torah comes after uh, Sarah So they had to make Sarah's laughing Different than Abraham They said she laughed Out loud with her relatives Oh, so Abraham left himself. So therefore, God gave me uh, a buy. But the Sarah, she left with her relatives. That was already more severe. That's how they're answering for Talmai. Now, how do we answer the Pesukim? Why did God only come after Sarah? Because the simple interpretation was Abraham's life was a life of joy. Sarah's life was a life of disbelief on her level. So therefore, there's a difference between the laughing. But God started answering uh, the Talmai. So therefore, they made it very obvious. She left out loud with her relatives, therefore she got uh, a rebuke from Akkadot Baruchu. Next one. Ki be'apa margu shor, ubersonam ikeru evus. This is talking about when Yaakov Abinu blessed his children Shimon and Levi. It was actually a rebuke. He rebuked them for killing the city of Shechem. What the Pasuk really says is, Ki, berson, ki be'apa margu ish, Right? In their anger they killed men. And with their will they uprooted the shore. <laughs> this is referring to Shechem bin Hamor and his, uh, and his townspeople. Why did they change it? They changed it to Kibirtsonam Ekiru Shor. Ubirtsonam Ekiru Evus. That they killed oxen, and Evus is the trough that the oxen eat from. So they turned it from killing humans into killing animals. Why? 
Because he didn't want Tamai to use this pasuk against us. Tamai would have said, you see, Yaakov Abinu even says that the Jewish people are murderers. Look at that. He rebukes them. You people are a bunch of uh, murderers. So uh, you're violent people. So therefore they change it like this. Now, Yaakov Abinu was telling his children, these people that we killed, they weren't human beings. They were animals. They acted like behemoth. And therefore, Jewish people are not fine. We don't kill uh, just people. Stop. Since these people acted like behemoth, therefore Shimon Levi killed them. And still, Yaakov rebuked them. So that shows that the Jewish people are even people that act like a shore. Still Yaakov felt it wasn't uh, proper. So they were changing and calling the people of Shechem, animals, that takes the, uh, the edge away that Yaakov's children just killed people. In their eyes they were killed like animals. And still there was a rebuke levied by Yaakov. So we don't look like Rotsheim. Next one. Pasuk Vayikach Moshe Teshtovet Panav Pasuk says that Moshe Rabbeinu, when he was going down to Egypt to take the Jewish people out of uh, Misraim, it says he took his children, he took his wife, and he uh, saddled them on a Nosei Bene Adam, on an item that carries Adam. Now the person said it, says, The problem is, what, what uh, Talmai would say, this is your leader. Or you, you couldn't give him a... A camel or a horse, something prestigious to go down to Egypt. He went down with a with a hamor. This is a, the degradation to Moshe Rabbeinu. So in order to save the degradation to Moshe, so they put al nosib bin Adam on an item that carries bin Adam, right? In order to protect the dignity of Moshe Rabbeinu. Now the Yarot explains that a, a horse is quicker than a hamor, and therefore the claim is: well, give him, give him, give him, give him. You got to save the Jewish people. So give him a fast, uh, 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 you know, animal. What are you giving him a hamor? Others explain, that Ben Ishai says a beautiful explanation like this. Later on it says in the Torah that Moshe Rabbeinu is going to tell the Jewish people, I never took anything from you. No hamor I took nothing from the people. So Tamai is going to say, what are you talking about? If he only had a hamor when he came down to Egypt, that means Moshe Rabbeinu must have been poor. And Allah says that a king has to be rich. So it must be what? The people made him rich. So then Moshe was lying when he said, I never took anything from the people. So this pasuk over here would set Talmai up for a contradiction later on in the Torah. Okay. Okay. This pasuk over here says, and the time that the Jewish people spent in Mislayim and in other lands was 400 years. Now the Pasuk really doesn't say it. The Pasuk says, Moshav b'nei asher yashu b'misraim. It says, and the years that the Jewish spent in Misraim, shiloshim shirav ha'avam, which over 430 years. Now we know that we didn't spend 430 years in Misraim. The 430 years actually starts from Berit ben Abitarim. For when God told Avraham Adarin, if you can't from Berit ben Abitarim all the way till the Exodus, it's 430 years. But go start explaining to Talmai why the Torah wrote it that we spent 430 years in Egypt when we really didn't. So therefore, you know what they did was? They said like this. And the time that we spent in foreign lands, foreign lands, it is Egypt, foreign lands, 400 years. Now that already can start from the time of Yitzhak Abinu. Because Yitzhak Abinu was, um, was living in Pilishtim. So therefore, make a calculation. Uh, Avram Abinu was, let's say, uh, 70 years 
old when he got the Bripa of Betarim. So that means 30 years later, Yitzhak Abinu was born. So from Yitzhak Abinu's time till the end of Yisiyat Mitzrayim was 400 years. Right? And we'll make the calculation in a second. So it's 400 years. How do we make that 400 year calculation? Well, let's, quick, let's quickly uh, understand it. Uh, Ami Yisrael was in Mitzrayim for 210. So we have 210 off the bat. Yitzhak Abinu was 60. What he had? Yaakov. Okay, so 60 years, add that to the calculation. And Yaakov Abinu went down to Egypt when he was 130. So therefore, 130 and 60, that's 190, plus the 210 that they were in Egypt, is 400. So from Yitzhak Abinu when he was born, until the Exodus was 400 years. That's a clear calculation. But instead of saying Egypt, they said Sha'an Arasot. So Tamar was saying, yeah, that's also not Israel, we were in Palestine. time wasn't in Palestine. So therefore that answers the question that they were not in Egypt for 400 years. Rashi makes this entire calculation, we'll read this Rashi together. Look at Rashi, Bish'ar Arasot. Shelo Yomar, Sheker Katub HaTorah. Sha'are Kehat, Miyordim Mishraim Ayah. Kehat was the son of Levi. He came out to Mishraim. Count how long Kat lived. Amram, which was his son. Moshe. Count them all. They don't come to 400 years. Especially, by the way, they you can't even count them because a lot of the years overlap with each other. Which means God counted the 430 years from Bnei Betarim until Yitzhak was almost 30 years. How do you know that? That from when Yitzhak was born until we left was 400. How old was Yitzhak when he had Yaakov? 60. And 130 years, that's how Yaakov old when he came back to Mishraim. Nisharu my time, I said, and he left for 210 years that we were in Egypt. Vekak haitak Yisrael, kigiri yez al-akab be'eris lo'lahim. It didn't say Egypt, it said be'eris lo'lahim. Ve'lo'nima be'mishraim, ila be'eris lo'lahim. Ukshulorad Yitzhak, ya Avram gar be'eris pelishtim. Ume'az, ach yasu Mishraim, nimsa Yitzhak, v'drosh shel drosh v'avram v'kanim, u'shloshim shel kodem, le'chen u'lnu b'gizad ha'zarakakati. Which means, the reason why they didn't count the 30 years before, because the pasuk kigiri yez at the time of the Bnei Betarim, Avraham did not have a zera yet; he did not have a child. So therefore, we're not counting the thirty years from Bnei Betarim. It starts when he had a child. When did he have a child? Thirty years later. To get a zera, starts from Yitzhak Avinu. That's why the pasuk gave the four hundred year calculation to Talmud. Next one. Vayishlah et zatute bnei Yisrael. This pasuk over here is talking about when Am Yisrael brought korbanot when after Matan Torah. We want to bring sacrifices to Kadosh Baruch Hu. So the Pasuk says, Moshe Rabbeinu sent Na'are Bnei Yisrael. He sent literally the youth of Bnei Yisrael to go bring sacrifices. Talmai would have said, that's who you sent? You sent the, the, the teenagers to go serve God? What kind of disrespect is that? So he, they changed from the word Na'are to Za'atute. Za'atute means he sent the Hashuv ones. Now who was these Na'arim? Hakamim tells them with the Bechorot. Before the... Um, the Leviim inherited the Avodah, the Kohanim inherited the Avodah, the Bechorim, the firstborns, they were serving. So the Bechorim were called Na'areh B'nai Yisrael. And the Hakimim tells the reason why they were called Na'areh B'nai Yisrael is because they act in a zealous way like Na'areh. 
a nar is young, he has enthusiasm, he has uh, strength. So therefore the Pasuk, instead of saying Na'arim, go, go explain to Talmai all these Dirashot. So they explain, instead of Na'arim, they explain Za'atute. Now, Ve'etza'atute b'nei Yisrael lo shalach yado. Later on in that Pasuk, it also mentions the same, uh, it says, Ve'etza'atzile b'nei Yisrael lo shalach yado. It says, and the Hashuv ones, they were not uh, affected. Now, the Pasuk could have kept Atzile b'nei Yisrael. But since Moshe Rabbeinu called already in the beginning of the Pasuk, Za'atuteh, in order to keep conformity, he called Atzile b'nei Yisrael, which means Hashuv ones, which would make sense in the Pasuk, he called them Za'atuteh just to keep it uh, the same language. So they made two changes, Na'are to Za'atuteh and Atzile to Za'atuteh. Okay, we continue. Ramud Bet. Lo hemet ehad mehem nasati. Moshe Rabbeinu says, I did not take one item from B'nai Yisrael, but he didn't say that, he said, I didn't take one hamor. So you could argue and say, yeah, he didn't take a hamor from them, but he took other stuff. So therefore, instead of the word hamor, lo hamor ehad mehem nasati, it is lo hemet. I did not take one covered item, which I did not cover any item from B'nai Yisrael. I didn't take one, one, uh, one item. So therefore, that uh, solves the issue over there. Now, there is a pasuk in the Torah. The pasuk says like this. I'm going to quote you the pasuk, and then we'll appreciate the change that they made. It says, "Upentisa enecha shamaima veraita et hashemesh v'tayerayah." It says, "God forbid, you should look up to the heavens, and you're going to see the sun and the moon, et the kuchavim and the stars, kosevas shamaim, all the hosts in the skies, v'nedachta, and you're going to get drawn after them, v'shtachavita lehem. You're going to bow to them, va'abatem, and you're going to serve them, va'abatam." That God gave these Avodazaraz to the Guim. That sounds like God is sanctioning Avodazara to the Guim. If God goes, you're going to serve these things, these things God gave them to the Guim. So it says like this, how did he change it? He changed it like this. Uh, that God gave these Celestial bodies to the Guim to illuminate for them, not to serve them. They change the laim. Now, what's the simple part of the pasuk? How do we interpret it? Hashem halak laim. Halak can also mean to slide. Something that's halak is slippery. So God gave them a test, the Guim, of the sun, the moon, all these celestial bodies, in order to, for them to slide into Avodazara. That's the test. Not to serve it. Shalak doesn't mean that he gave it to them to serve. Shalom, you have to serve it to But what? He created these bodies in order to test the Goim to see if they'll slide into Avodazara. But it's Azur. So they, he didn't want to get involved with that. So they changed it. That God gave it to the Goim for illumination purposes. Next one. Vayelek vayavod eluim ahirim asher lo siviti leovdam. The Pasuk says, Vayelech, they went, Vayavod Elohim Aherim Ashelo Siviti. The Pasuk says, that I did not command. Period. That's the Pasuk. Now that Pasuk sounds like God saying, I didn't command the Avodazara to exist. Implying what? That that which the Avodazara exists is against the will of God. So you see what? There must be another power against the Kazbaru Hu. How could they exist if God did not command them? So they said, no, Ashelo Siviti, they added the word Le'ovdam, to serve them. Jeez, I, I didn't command them not to exist. I commanded that you shouldn't serve them. So therefore, that, that, that covers that. Now, the katuv lo it's irat haraglayim. They look at vunot arnevet. One of the non-kosher animals in the Torah is the rabbit, the arnevet. Instead of writing arnevet when they got to the that section over there, 
they called the rabbit Tsa'ilat Haraglayim. The one that has the short legs. Why? Talmai's wife's name was Arnevet. Talmai's They put my wife's name in the Torah, they make it fun of her. So therefore, to get around that uh, claim, they, uh, they took it out. Now you have to explain that oh, her name was Arnevet. Arnevet is a Jewish word, it's a Hebrew word. So either you have to explain that, uh, ironically, her name was Arnevet in Greek, which uh, we have it also in our Torah, and therefore you have to say also that uh, Arnevet means a rabbit in, in uh, Greek, because uh, we were writing the Torah in Greek, so we're writing a rabbit. So we must use the same word Arnevet. Because we're explaining in Greek. So this Arnevet also meant Greek. It's like a, they called the name uh, Bunny. So they, they, that's what they called it. Arnevet was, uh, meant, meant a bunny, rabbit. And therefore, they put the name Arnevet. So he would come and say, oh, you make a fun of my, uh, make a fun of my wife. You're calling her, uh, she's, tarif. She's, a, she's a not kosher uh, animal. And the reason why they called her that, Hachamim say, is because she had very short hands. Like a rabbit. The rabbit, its hands are short. So that's why when they wrote the interpretation, they didn't write uh, 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 Anim, because they didn't want to make fun of his wife. And they didn't even write Sa'irat Yadayim. Because really the rabbit, its front paws, which we call the Yadayim, are short. But they felt if they would have wrote Sa'irat Yadayim, you're still picking on his wife. So therefore they wrote Sa'irat Raglayim. They had to change it, even the definition of a rabbit. That was in the back, uh, the back ones, because they are short. That was the change, not to uh, get into trouble with Talmais and his, uh, and his wife. Okay, further. So that's all the changes. Okay, now we say the bunch of them said that the only eter uh, for other sefarim, or according to the Biuda, just for sefer Torah, is only Greek. So what's so special about Greek? So the Gemara says, "Amar of Abraham, Yohanan, Halakha, Kerabban, Shimon, Gemliel." Well, Halakha does follow Ban Shimon Gemliel. That what? That all the sefarim adavka bichtav ashurit b'lashon hakodesh. However, only Greek was the, uh, allowed for the sefarim. Why? Why did he give a dispensation for Greek? Amar Kerakos the pasuk says, "Yaft Elohim leYefet leYishkon ba'ol Eshem." Yefet was one of the sons of Noah. Yefet had a son called Yavan. So Yavan comes from Yefet. Greek emanates from Yefet. So the pasuk says, "Yaft Elohim leYefet." The beauty. The aesthetics of Yefet will rest where? In the tents of Shem. Who's Shem? No, Shem, where's Shem? The Jewish people, the Semites. And therefore, The words of Yefet will rest in the tents of Shem. Who's the words of Yefet? Greek. So the Greek language will be in Shem's tents. So give it hold it. Yefet had more sons. Well, his sons. He, didn't only have, he didn't only have Yavan. Ve'ema gomeru magog. One of Yefet's sons was Gomorog. So maybe, maybe the Torah can be reading Gomorog Magog language. Now, Amar of Hayabar Abba, Hainu Tamadiktiv Yaft Elohim the Yefet, Yefutoshel Yefet, the beauty of Yefet, which means aesthetically the Greeks had a beautiful language. Gomorog Magog is not a beautiful language. So it says Yaft Elohim the Yefet, the beauty of Yefet. Who's the beauty of Yefet? The Greeks. They were known for their culture and for their So we're not taking any of their culture. That's not the Yaft Elohim the Yefet. The Yaft of Yefet is what? The writing, the language, the Greek language, the Yishkon, Ba'od Hashem. So that's going to be written in our uh, tense. So therefore, Rashbag had a source in the Torah that Greek is different. And therefore, we allowed the Torah to be written in Greek. Comes the Mishnah. 
learned in Masechet Yoma. There's two types of Kohen Gadol. There's one type of Kohen Gadol that's called a Kohen Mashuah, the special oil that they pour the oil on the Kohen. But the oil ran out, Bizman Abayit. She tells us that uh, in the times of Bayit Nishon already, from the King Yoshiyahu Melech, they ran out of the Shem and Amishha. So how would they appoint a Kohen Gadol? They would put him eight begadim. So there's a Kohen Mashuah and there's a Kohen Mirubah Begadim. They're both Kohenim Gedolim. Just one was anointed with the oil and one was just placed eight garments on them. So the Gemara Al-Bishtah says, In ben Kohen Mashuah b'Shem and the only difference between a Kohen that's anointed with Shem and Amishha the Mirubah Begadim to the one that's Mirubah Begadim Ela Par Habba Al Kola Mitzvot There's a certain Halakha in the Torah that says if a Kohen Gadol makes a ruling Halakhic ruling and he makes a mistake and the halakhic ruling's mistake is something that's punishable by karet. And not only did he make the mistake in the ruling, but he did it. He acted according to his mistake. For example, he was matir khalif. You know how to eat khalif. Khalif is fat. Somebody eats khalif is karet. He said, this is not khalif, but to eat it. And he ate it. All of a sudden they found out, why, 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 this is khalif over here. The ruling was matir something. Like that, that's a sul karet. So he has to bring a par. He has to bring a special par. So the... Torah says, who brings this par? HaKohen HaMashiach. Only the Kohen that was anointed with the oil. So therefore, there's no difference in all the other halakhot. There's no difference between a Kohen Mashiach and a Kohen Merubah Begadim. Only difference is that the Kohen Mashiach, the one that has the Shemina Mishah, he brings the par of Kohen Mitzvah. But the Kohen Merubah Begadim does not. Good? Next part of the Mishnah. And bin Kohen Mishamish the Kohen Sha'avar. Okay, let's, interp- let's give interpretation to, to terminology over here. What's the Kohen Mishamish? Literally, that's the Kohen that is serving. What is Kohen Shavar? That was the uh, retired Kohen. Meaning, you have a Kohen that was working. He became Pasul temporarily. Right? So they take him out of his position, and they put somebody else in his stead. Okay? A temporary, exactly. Once the original Kohen becomes better, so the temp goes down, and they bring back the original. So the original Kohen is called the Kohen Mishamish. He's the Kohen that is serving. And the temporary Kohen is called the Kohen Shavar. Now I want to point out something to you. Once already you upgraded this temporary to a Kohen Gadol, well, technically you can't take him down. So now you have two Kohenim Gedolim. When the, when the original guy gets better, so the second, what do, they, what do they say? They retire him, they put him somewhere. No, you're a Kohen Gadol now. So they have two Kohen Gadols in the Beit HaMikdash. So the Kibbutz says, Mishnah says, In Ben Kohen Mishnah Kohen Shavar, Ela... Which means, both Kohanim could do any service. Both of them are legal for all the service in the Beit HaMikdash. All korbanot, all sacrifices, etc. But what? The only difference is, the part that's brought on Yom Kippur, you can only bring one of them. That's brought by the Kohen Mishamesh. And there was a special Minhat Kohen Gadol that was brought every day in the Beit HaMikdash. It's called Asli Taifa. If it was brought in the morning and if it was brought in the afternoon, you can only bring one of those a day. Who brings the Asli Taifa Minha of the Kohen Gadol? The Kohen Mishamesh. But regarding everything else, the Kohen Cha'avar could do anything that the Kohen Mishamesh could do, except one of the two, part of Yom Kippur and Asli Taifa. Good? Mm-hmm. Now comes the Gabran and Regarding the first part of the Mishnah, we discussed two Kohanim that lived at different periods of times. You have the Kohen Mashuah, that's the Kohen that has the Shem and the Mishha, and you have the Kohen Merubah Begadim. They were never simultaneously. 
Now, that's not the case we have two Kohanim together. We have a, in one period of Jewish history, we had a Kohen Mashuach, B'Shem and Amishcha, and another point, in the time of the Sikh Ben Tabakdash, we had a Kohen that was Mirba Begadim. The only difference between those we said is what? Parabal Kolam Mitzvot. But regarding everything else, meaning, regarding Pariyom Kippurim and Asli Taifa, they're equal. Which means a Mirba Begadim, in his time, brings the part of Yom Kippur. Why not? He's the Kohen Gadol. And he also brings the on a daily basis. There's no difference when it comes to that. Good? Now. New point. The Mishnah cannot be going like the Bimir. Why? Because the Bimir is going to say the following. We have a clear Mishnah in the name of the Bimir. He holds up the Mirubah Begadim also brings Parabah Kola Mitzvot. Neged Al Mishnah. Amishnah said the Mirubah Begadim does not bring. Mashiach. The Pasuk says the Mashiach brings a part of our Kulam as what? And the Ela Mashuah Beshemin Amishcha. That only teaches me why somebody that's anointed with the Shemin Amishcha. Mirubah Begadim Minayin. How do you know somebody that's even wearing the eight garments brings the part of our Kulam as what? Tamud Omar. Hamashiach. We have an extra hair. It doesn't say Mashiach. It says Hamashiach. From the extra hair, it comes and tells me even somebody else. Even a Mirubah Begadim. Let me tell you the dynamics of this Dirashah. We have a rule like this. When you have a double exclusion, it teaches me to include. It's like a double negative is a positive. When you have a mi'ut, a har mi'ut, you have a double exclusion, it comes to include. Now, when the Pasuk says, a Mashiach brings the part, Mashiach is an exclusion. Then they have an extra word. Ha Mashiach, the Mashiach. That's another exclusion. The Mashiach brings the. So that's a double exclusion. Mashiach, Hamashiach, in Mi'ut, Tahar Mi'ut, Ela, Lerabot. Who's it coming to Merbeh? Mirubah Begadim. So therefore, our Mishnah cannot be going like Rabbi Meir. Let's review why. Because the, f- the first part of our Mishnah made a haluk between Mirubah Begadim and Shemina Mishcha. The Mirubah Begadim does not bring a par about Kalam Mitzvot. But Rabbi Meir says he does good. Bemayukimna. They look at Rabbi Meir. Oh, so you want to say the Mishnah is not like Rabbi Meir? Emma Sefa. The only problem is, I'm going to show you from the end of the Mishnah, when we're comparing the Kohen Mishamesh to the Kohen Sha'avar, we see what? It is going like the Bimir. How do we know? In being Kohen Mishamesh to Kohen Sha'avar, in a party, I'm going to bring Taifa. We said in the Mishnah that regarding the Kohen Mishamesh and the Kohen Sha'avar, the only difference between them is, they're both Kohanim Gedolim, but the only difference is the part of Yom Kippur that the Mishamesh brings and the Asli Ta'ifah every day that the Kohen Mishamesh brings. Ha'lechot devreim, zeba zeshavim. But everything else, they're equal. I mean, they're both considered Kohanim Gedolim. Atan Bimir. This is following the Bimir's opinion. Why? Detanya, irabo psul. Let's say the first Kohen got pasul. Uminu Kohen Acher Tahtav. So they appoint to somebody else in his stead. Now, let's say the first guy got better. Rishon Hosel Abodato. So the first guy gets his job back. Shini Kol Mitzvat Kehuna Gedola Alav. But the second guy, he remains a Kohen Gadol. All the mitzvot of Kehunah are on him. The Biyosei says no. The Biyosei says no. The Biyosei says the second guy, the, the, the temporary, he's nothing now. He cannot be a Kohen Gadol, he cannot be a Kohen Ejot. Story. It was a story with Yosef from Ulam from Sipori. It was a case. Halakha. Kohen Gadol got pasul. Uminu tahtav. They put Rabbi Yosef Ben Ulam, they put him as the temporary. Uba then then what? Then the original guy got better. 
So what did they do with Rabbi Yosef? Well, the first guy gets his job back. Sheni, Kohen Gadol Mishum Eva. Can't put him as a Kohen Gadol because of Eva. What's Eva? Mahloket. You can't have two bosses. Uh, are you the Kohen Gadol or am I the Kohen Gadol? So now already he's going to get involved with Mahloket uh, and enmity. You know what? You can't make the same guy a Kohen Gadol because it's going to be Eva. Kohen Ejot. So, so what? So lower him down. Instead of letting him wear eight begadim, let him wear uh, four begadim. Put him down as a Kohen Ejot. No. Mishum Ma'alim Bakodis Velo Muridim. Once already the guy was elevated to a Kohen Gadol status, Halakha says you can't lower him down to a... Once he was an eight Begadim guy, you can't lower him down to a four Begadim guy. So therefore, what do you see? You see that according to the Yosef, the, 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 the temporary Kohen is not considered a Kohen Gadol. He's in limbo. But according to the Meir, the Meir said no. The second Kohen Gadol, Kol Mitzvat Kehuna Alav. What does it mean, Kol Mitzvat Kehuna Alav? Meaning, he's a Kohen Gadol, he can only marry a Betula. Uh, he cannot be metameh even to his seven relatives. She's whatever the laws of a of a kohen gadol is. You want to know some of the other laws? He has to wear eight begadim when he serves. He cannot marry in almana. He's allowed to bring a korban when he's an onen. All the, which means he's a kohen gadol. Now, isn't that Amishnah? Amishnah also agrees that the second guy, the temporary is a kohen gadol. He just can't bring. Part of Yom Kippur and Asit Tafat, the Rabbi Meir agrees, because that can only be brought by one. So you see, who's the second part of our Mishnah? The Bimir. So the Gemara asks, now, now let's go back to the question. You told me the beginning of the Mishnah cannot be the Bimir. Because the Bimir said that a Kohen, Mirubab Gadim, brings the Parabal Kola Mitzvot. From the extra Dinashah of Hamashiach. Amishnah said that the Mirubab Gadim does not bring Parabal Kola Mitzvot. The Bimir said it is. He does. So the Reshah of the Mishnah is not like the Bimir. But the Sefa is. But that's a problem. The Gemara says, Resha, the banan, the sefer bimir. You're talking about How do you have one Mishnah that the first part of the Mishnah is going like the, the banan and the second part is going like the bimir? Normally a Mishnah has conformity. So the Gemara says, first answer, Amarav Hazda in. Yeah. Resha, the banan, the sefer bimir. Yeah. Two different cases. What do you want to do? What's the problem? The first part of the Mishnah is not going like the bimir and the second part is. You want another answer? Rabbi Yosef Amar, Rabbi, the Nasib Lali You know what the Mishnah is like? The Mishnah is like Rabbi. He's the author of the Mishnah. Now, Rabbi, when it came to the first deen in the Mishnah, he followed the rabbi's opinion. When it came to the second deen in the Mishnah, by the uh, law of the second temporary, what is he considered? He took the Bimir. So, therefore, the Mishnah is really going like one opinion. The Mishnah's opinion is Rabbi. Rabbi chose to follow the banan in the Resha and the Bimi'ir in the Zefa. And therefore, that's a better answer in the sense that what? It's Alibad the one opinion. He's Matnitin Alibad the Rabbi. Not the Shitot over there. Now, Rabbi the Rabbi Zatana, by the way. So Rabbi decided, in this case, I'm going to be Posek like the banan. This is going to be Posek like me. And before this answer, we thought that the Mishnah Stam is a Stam Mishnah that you're giving me opinions. Normally, Mishnah gives me one conformed opinion. The same Mishnah gives me the Eshara Baran Sefara Bimir. So, Mishnah, we do that sometimes. Yeah. Second answer, no. Matitin Rabbi. What? But he chose to follow the Banan regarding the Parabah Kola Mitzvot that the Kohen Mirubabakin does not bring it. And when he came to the temporary Kohen in the second part of the Mishnah, which is the Kohen Sha'avar, he chose to be that what? He is the Kohen Gadol Lechon Devarah. Baruch Amen.